Hello, everyone, and welcome to this next session here at the Autonomous and Electric Vehicle Summit uh, from FreightWaves. My name is Sebastian Blanco, taking over a few hosting duties here. Uh, for this next session, we have with us Pablo Kozener, the president of Energy for Nikola Corporation. Pablo, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Sebastian, how are you? I'm very good. I'm excited to hear what you got to say, because as someone who's watched Nikola for many years, it's interesting to see where things are today compared to where they were, you know, however many years ago. Uh, when the truck was first unveiled in Salt Lake City and all those things. Um, but to get people caught up a little bit, let's let's talk about some of Nikola's current projects just so they sort of understand the scope of it. Um, let's start with the, the TC Energy one that is working with hydrogen from Canada or in Canada. Sure. So we, we're very proud of the collaboration with TC Energy. We announced a, a, a development project in Canada to serve the Alberta region, and that would be a hydrogen production hub that would provide hydrogen to fueling stations to support uh, customers that uh, buy fuel cell vehicles from us. So very exciting. It's under a, a review uh, before it gets fully uh, authorized. And it's one of many projects that we're looking at with TC Energy. As, as we go through these, people will see that Nikola is working on sort of hydrogen efforts and electric vehicle efforts around the world. So we've got Canada covered. Uh, in last year, I believe, uh, Nikola invested 50 million in the, what's called the Wabash Valley Resources for Clean Hydrogen in the Midwest. What was the status with that? And tell us a little bit of, the, of those details. So that project in uh, based in Terre Haute, Indiana, only gets more excited when considering the Inflation Reduction Act and the many benefits that continue to increase to uh, put forward investment in hydrogen production. The, the, the uh, plant is, being, um, is going through a permitting phase there's a lot of development underway. Uh, we're very excited about not only the scale of the production that we anticipate that will come out of that hub, but also the ability to provide low-cost hydrogen to really facilitate and, and, and energize the uh, fuel cell truck market. Yeah, we definitely want to get into the IRA and what it possibly can do for hydrogen vehicles and hydrogen production, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, and then we'll move over to Europe for the last of the three uh, sort of you know, projects that are sort of in the, in the news and sort of at top of mind a little bit. This is more with the electric vehicles, electric truck side of things, um, but it's a it's a MOU of working with Iveco over at the, the port in Hamburg. What can you tell us about that one? We're very excited about the collaboration with the port of Hamburg for many reasons. One is the port of Hamburg is showing uh, leadership in the area of heavy-duty transportation sustainability by starting with a demo program with Nikola and Iveco uh, with battery electric trucks, and we're partnering with other companies to make that possible for the port. And the other uh, exciting thing about that is that the Port of Hamburg uh, interfaces with many other global port ports, like the Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach and, and in Asia. And um, port leadership talks about demos like these to, to help modernize the uh, fleets and make it more efficient and, and obviously drive sustainability. So a success at the Port of Hamburg will be success in many other areas. Yeah, so that gives a little bit of a, <clears throat> a scope, an idea for people um, what, what Nikola is up to these days. Um, but yeah, let, let's go back to the inflation reduction. Now, I've been looking at it a lot from the electric vehicle side, the stuff it's doing for will will do for consumers and the sort of the chaos it's bringing into the EV passenger car market right now. Um, when it comes to trucks and specifically to hydrogen production, what is it that you see in there that really stands out and is exciting? What could be better? Um, yeah, what, what's your take on it? I, I think it's a clear demonstration that the U.S. government 
uh, Congress and, and the Senate passage is stands behind the investments in hydrogen that are required to bring high, higher levels of decarbonization into our energy infrastructure, uh, precisely by providing tax credits like the hydrogen production tra- tax credit that could provide up to a benefit of $3 per kilogram of hydrogen. There's a 45Q tax incentive for carbon capture. Uh, a lot of these we can immediately, uh, once passed, put into effect with the hubs that we're looking at. And what it does is in the early day, when we're trying to scale a business uh, that has a lot of innovation and cost reduction ahead of it, these types of benefits work very quickly to lower the cost of hydrogen production. So at the end of the day, the consumer, the customer that ends up having a fuel cell truck has a really good total cost of ownership as compared uh, to diesel because of these very important um, tax incentives that come into play. And then naturally, the industry as it grows will scale and implement a, a good amount of innovation and cost reduction that will only further enhance the competitiveness of this technology. So we're, we're extremely excited, and it's a really uh, important step forward for, for the U.S. In, in this area. You mentioned the $3 per kilogram uh, credit that's available, and that's the number that stuck out that stood out to me, too, because we'd like to see like what the big one is. And the way that the, the, I believe the way it's structured is sort of the lower your emissions are, the higher per kilogram the credit is. I, I forget what the, the lowest level is, but if it's basically the hydrogen you're making is still has a lot of emissions, you won't get any credit. And there's some there's thresholds that say, okay, by the time you get to this many grams of CO2 per kilogram of production, I forget what the, the measurement is, then you get this possibility of $3 per uh, kilogram credit. Do you think that's a, that's it's well-structured? Do you know at this point where the fuel that you're looking to create uh, will fall in? Will it get that $3? Per kilogram credit is it too early to tell, or do you think you'll be in the middle somewhere? So th- there's there's a lot in, in in the question in terms of what what the way it's structured, and certainly the more um, the lower the carbon intensity of the production, the more you are able to capture the the credit. So on the high end, being three dollars with zero carbon intensity and and production and, and via certain methods. So we're paying, and we paid a lot of attention to not only federal programs, but state level incentives that drive a preference in terms of how hydrogen is produced and how uh, we are supported. And certainly as with the federal passage of the uh, IRA, that that will dictate the, the type of production that we will pursue because we wanna take as much of the credit as possible. And that is precisely the point of the way that the production tax credit was uh, created is to drive carbon intensity to its lowest amount, rewarding those that are able to achieve that. And I'm guessing this trying to make the carbon intensity as low as possible is already something that Nico is looking at. So do you think as as you look at the levels, is that is do you see it as fairly um, reasonable the li- limits they set, or is it going to require a lot of work on your end, as you say, as you strive to hit those targets that you're like, okay, well we're close, we're gonna have to need to do X, Y, and Z in order to get over the finish line. Also, I mean, there's so much work ahead um, in, in every aspect, but certainly the way that it's structured, it does make sense because it rewards uh, lower carbon intensity levels. And Nikola is very much in, in favor of lowering carbon intensity in everything that we do. Um, we take a, a balanced view in terms of cost, safety, reliability of process, and certainly carbon intensity with technology that's available so that whatever we do ultimately is something that is sellable and provides value to customers. 
with a pursuit of lowering carbon intensity uh, to zero. So we're looking at everything on a portfolio basis and looking to continuously reduce the carbon intensity of the way that hydrogen is produced. So passage of the IRA certainly helps accelerate the journey to zero carbon intensity in the production of hydrogen. And we're very excited about that. Cool. And you mentioned the balance. Nikola is not only limited to hydrogen, as you mentioned before, the the, the Tour de Hamburg is more of an electric vehicle situation. Um, one of the things that Nikola introduced, and as you as the president of energy probably had a lot to do with this, but the mobile charging network, or the mobile charging service, I should say, um, what, what can you tell us about that? Uh, what is the demand? What is the current status? Um, and as, as, a, as a broad take of it, is how, how are electric vehicles, these sort of commercial vehicles, how, how is that happening in the industry in, from your perspective? Well, there's a lot of work ahead as, as the market starts to embrace more electric vehicles. Today, we're highly reliant on, on grid power. Now, as, as you have more vehicles uh, charging on the grid, that will create more demand and demand at different times throughout the day. So you'll get shifts in terms of peak times. And that's something that ultimately we're all going to be wrestling with. And utilities have to think about how they're going to enable more power uh, to support this. So whether it's utility power or distributed power, um, there's a lot of work to do in order to um, facilitate the adoption of higher levels of EVs, especially when you start to get into um, trucks that require more power than passenger vehicles. We, we designed a mobile charging trailer to facilitate demos, uh, to act as standby in the event of, um, of any uh, things that we have to do to support customers. For example, if the utility were to go down, we, we don't want customers to stop operating trucks. So that's a good use of the mobile charging trailer. In many cases, it is a bridge type of uh, charging solution until a, a, a customer can have energy infrastructure installed at their sites. Uh, energy infrastructure is, is not easy uh, work to do for heavy-duty charging. It takes time, uh, typically, when you think about permitting and and wheeling more power onto a site and um, investment, and of course the construction of, of that power. So the mobile charging trailer helps accelerate the, the use of trucks and, and support them and, and, and typically in low volumes. What can you tell us about how these trailers uh, get their electricity? Is, it, is there a generator on board? Are there batteries on board? Are there fuel cells on board? How are they providing the electricity to the trucks that plug in? The, the trailers are agnostic at the moment in terms of where the energy comes from. In other words, they can be uh, linked to the grid directly uh, through cabling at a, at a site, or you can use a generator, which could be any, any, any form of generator that produces power that can feed into the, into the mobile charging trailer that ultimately just takes that power and dispenses it to the truck. It seems like it's kind of a way to get around the chicken and egg problem. Like you were saying, sometimes it takes a long time to permit to get everything installed. You're like, well, here, you've got the trucks. Now you have a way to charge them. And then in two months, six months, whatever it takes to get everything built, the, the trailer can go somewhere else. And that person, that company then has their, their charging station. Is that kind of the idea? That's the idea. That's, that's certainly one of the primary uses of the uh, mobile charging trailer. It also can be used as standby in the event that the utility were to uh, lose lose its ability to provide power to a site and there, and there are other uses. But we wanted to be able to, as, as we produce trucks, put them in customer hands, whether that be through a trial or the first trucks that they have delivered before infrastructure is available, is to have a power source 
so they can operate those trucks. And the mobile tra- charging trailer is a great solution. And that, that actually leads in nicely to what I think will be our, my last question since we're running a little uh, low on time here. But that the idea of, okay, we're going we're gonna to build these trucks that we're, we're going to you know, imp- uh, promote electrification of, of vehicles, but we know that the charge needs to happen. So we're going to come with this new idea of these mobile uh, charging trailers. That seems like a pretty creative solution to this problem. And as you're looking at this industry, whether it's hydrogen or electricity, um, you know, tell me a little bit about the creativity that needs to go in to solve some of these problems, because you're talking to the customers who have the trucks or want the trucks. You're also very familiar with the realities of it. So just as you see this moving forward, you know, tell me about how out of the box thinking can really help and or sometimes does in the box thinking really, you know, check all the boxes. No, I'd be happy to. I'll, I'll tell you, first of all, the best kept secret at Nikola is our people, which are very passionate, highly innovative. And every day we come to work and as we try and be a part of a growing industry, whether it be battery electric charging or the fuel cell uh, truck solution, we're thinking customer back in terms of how we can support early adoption, uh, the reliability and uptime of the products. And we understand that it takes time to scale all of these solutions. So in the interim period, whether it's a mobile charging trailer or a mobile hydrogen fueler, we're thinking about how do we bridge infrastructure that we know takes longer to build that ultimately will be there to support these very important products. And whether it's a mobile solution, skid mounted in place, or uh, even creating a microgrid at a customer site through partnerships or, or dealer network that has deep power experience. That's what we're trying to do every day. And with an, with an eye all, always on making sure that it is innovative, safe, durable, reliable, and meets the total cost of ownership uh, requirements for this to be a viable business. And then viable businesses are required. Otherwise, we're not going to get these things off the ground. So Pablo, thank you so much for joining us today. That was Pablo Kozener, the president of energy for Nikola Corporation. Thank you for joining us at the Autonomous and Electric Vehicle Summit. And to all the viewers, stay tuned for more.